ladies that would always sit toward the back and they would greet people coming in. They were like, I mean, they were old. They were, I mean, like when they were born, like the Dead Sea was just sick. You know what I'm saying? It, they were old. Like Moby Dick was just a minnow back when they were born. You know, I've been waiting all week to use those. Y'all, y'all laugh a little bit. But, I mean, they were literally probably in their upper 80s, 90s, somewhere like that. And I would have thought those would be the first people, just stereotypically, you know, not being raised in church. I would have thought they would have been the first people that would have gone, Woo, that looks so good, that new haircut. And I remember both of them, when I walked in, it looked like I was killing a puppy in front of them. They're like, <laughs> and I walked, walked right up to them, like, what's going on? And they said, what happened to your beautiful hair? And in my mind, I thought, well, if I had known you thought it was beautiful, I'd have cut it a long time ago. It's manly. It's like Hercules, all right? It's not beautiful. Animals living in there and stuff. But, but it, for me, that's something that I captured early on. That was their heart. They, they just associated. They didn't, they didn't care, so to speak. They associated, well, that Scott has long hair. That's it. And then when I came in, they, they had grown to love the thing that I thought was something I needed to change. Does that make sense? That's the kind of love that changes the world. That's the kind of Jesus that hung out with people like that so much that they said, don't hang around Jesus because he's a friend of sinners. You know what I mean? Oh, church, can we, can we be so free in our love that people make up stories about us? Can we just be so free in our love that people judge us for who we hang out with? Come on, that's a good spot for an amen. That's what this book is about. It is for freedom. Don't forget, it's not about rules. It's not about religion. It is for freedom. It is about a relationship with Jesus Christ that if you'll trust him, somebody get ready to say amen. If you will trust him, he will teach you. He will teach you beyond your flesh to love people in the spirit. Amen? He will teach you to love people beyond what you're capable of. I love it. I I love it. I love learning that all the time. I love being pushed past who I am into who he is. So, let me read you. Let's jump down to Galatians 5.13. There's some conflict that Paul brings out. And today we're going to focus on what the title of this message is. We're going to focus on living in the Spirit. How do we learn? How do we learn in our life? With all of the situations we go through, with all the, the stress at work, the stress at family, the stress with, with finances, with health, with all the junk that hits us all the time. How do we learn to live and walk in the Spirit of God? Isn't that our goal in life? Isn't that why you're here today? Help me, Lord. Whatever one hour that I give you on Sunday morning just for church, in this hour, may He change us and help us to live in the Spirit. Starting in verse 13, it says this, You, brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly. I love the conflict here. It's not one of your points, but I love the the contradiction that he puts. Like, if you want to fight the flesh, just learn to humbly serve people. That's a great tool. It's a tool. It's not not a cure, but it's a great tool. Just just love people. Just love people. No, love them. And listen to the next verse. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. Verse 15. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. That's our goal. We don't want to gratify, gratify the desires of the flesh. So Lord, teach us 
to walk by the Spirit. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. We know that. And the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, here's our goal. You're not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. And he gives us some. Starts with sexual ones first. He says sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery. He moves into spiritual ones. Uh, idolatry and witchcraft. And then he really goes to the character of the individual. And he says hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition. There's no elbowing going on right now. Okay, this is just for you. Dissensions, factions, and then he throws them all together. In envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. He is drawing a good line in the sand. Remember we talked last week, that's what we need. We need a good line drawn in the sand. These are things like this. These are the acts of the flesh. We don't want to be a part of that. We want to learn to walk in the Spirit. And, and tell me if you had, can relate to what he says. I, I grabbed this out of Romans 7 because Paul struggles with this throughout his life. And I love it because it helps us to understand as long as you're on this earth, you're going to struggle. You're going to have trouble, as Jesus said, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Our only hope is in him. Amen? Listen to what he says in Romans 7. Verse 19, I want to do what is good, but I don't, and I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyways. Do you hear that? There's no amens on that one. That's a good one. Good spot not to amen. That's the conflict. That's what drives me when I don't feel like reading God's Word, to read God's Word. That's what drives me when I don't feel like praying, to go, hold, 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 hold on, hold on. I forgot, I forgot for about two minutes, Lord. It, this flesh is weak. And I will end up doing what I don't want to, what I've already drawn a line in the sand and said I won't do that. So, Lord, today I'm asking for your help. You understand? That's what drives me to pray. That's what drives me to It drives me to that relationship with Him because I want to learn to live by the Spirit. I, I put this in your notes to draw a contrast between these two. So look at the, the flesh produces a few things and the spirit produces a few things. The flesh produces bondage over here. You get to see that. But the spirit produces freedom, right? The, let's pause it for a minute because if we go the way this chapter goes, this letter that Paul wrote to the churches in Galatia, what he's talking about is freedom, freedom from sin, but freedom from the rules and regulations. What Paul covers in the first half of this chapter is, is circumcision. He said, listen, there's some, there's some old religious groups that are saying you have to be circumcised to be a believer. And that's just not true. The thing you have to do is put your faith in Christ. That's it. And he said, so don't get caught up in these rules. Remember, it's for freedom, right? But, but you see here that it produces bondage. That, that flesh We'll say, listen, it's, it's too difficult to learn how to walk in the Spirit. Let's create some rules, and we'll just pass those on to everybody to do that. And it creates bondage right there in the religion. It also says the, fruit, the flesh produces doubt, but the Spirit produces freedom. The flesh produces religion, but the Spirit produces relationship. The flesh produces legalism, and the Spirit produces grace. That's such a great visual right there, like... That's what we struggle with throughout our lives. And that's what Paul says, if we learn to live by the Spirit, walk in God's Spirit, that you can overcome the things on this side. And you can live in the things on this side.
Let me just get a hand raised. Jesus is watching. The angels are taking record. How many want to live on this side? Okay, well, about half of us. All right, see y'all there. <laughs> Heaven's going to be weird. You know it is, right? Never mentions clothes. Just thought I'd throw that out. <laughs> Tweet that out. See what we get some followers there. And then he goes on. Galatians 5 verse 22 and then Paul's kind of, he's kind of pulling this in. Here's the, here's the meat. Here's the meat of the message. He says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is. Right? So this, this pause there for a minute. Let's don't just rush through the scripture. We've probably, if you've been in church more than a month, you've probably heard this scripture a bunch, this passage. But I want you to understand, like, what he's saying here is when, when we learn, when we strive to grow our relationship with Christ and walk in his Spirit, that these are the things that we will see he plants in our life, and over time, they will grow and they will produce fruit. Can I just tell you that that is my goal for my entire life, is just to see some fruit from God's Spirit in my life. I, see, I, see, I have to pick rotten fruit and throw it out all the time. Don't let that fall to the ground and reproduce, Lord. But our goal is just what we're fixing to read. Listen to this. But the fruit of the Spirit is, it is love, first and foremost. It is joy. It's peace. How many of you know when you need peace, you'd give everything you own for some peace? That comes from one place, from a relationship with God. Not religion, not the flesh, a relationship with Christ. Forbearance or patience. Kindness, that comes from Christ. Goodness, it, it produces faithfulness, gentleness. And self-control. And I love this line. And against such things, there's no law. You realize that the things that God wants to produce in our lives through walking in the Spirit, you can't produce too much. You can't get to heaven and go, gosh, I'd love to let you in, but you're just too joyful. It's too much. You're annoying. He's not, not going to say that. Like, there, there is no law. And He wants to, to give you a bumper crop. In those things. He wants to produce a lot of fruit in those things. Sometimes I don't know what to pray. You ever, you ever been there? You go, well, I could, I could pray the Lord's Prayer. I pray that almost every day. Okay, pray that. I could uh, thank you for my kids and my, my church and my wife. And I could just go down the line of those things. And sometimes I'll just pause and go over to Galatians chapter 5. I say, Lord, I need some love in my life. I need some joy in my life. And pray that very thing. The things that I want, Lord, only come from you. It keeps going to verse 24. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Because that's where trouble starts. If we walk in the Spirit... If we keep in step with the Spirit, God's going to produce these things in our life. Amen? Do you believe that? Do you believe when I say, you know what, I'm going I'm to try more this week. I'm going to say no to the flesh. I'm going to say yes to God. That for some reason, God produces amazing things in our life. For some reason, I can feel the Spirit in my life. For some reason, I can hear things that I haven't heard before, see things that I haven't seen. It's amazing when I, what he says, what we talked about last week, when I crucify that flesh. It's amazing that the fruit of God is bloomed. So what I want to round out the last few minutes of this message, I want to give you three things to take with you from the Spirit 
life, from living in the Spirit. These are some goals of mine, of ours. So, Lord, teach us to live like this. And the first one is this. If, if the Spirit, if you're saying yes to the Spirit, the Spirit gives me sight. All right? The Spirit gives me sight. Jenny and I had a friend that used to say, there are two sides to every situation. What you see and what's really going on. How many of you know that's true? Like people, so you get in an argument with somebody and they're yelling at you. And all that, but if you, could, if you could disconnect, if you're somebody that just walks in the room, you would understand that that's not the argument. The argument was over something else and it's escalated to that. There's something else happening there. And, and we have a choice in our life to say, yes, I'm going to trust that God's going to show me some things in this. Or I'm just going to go with what I'm seeing in the flesh. Can I tell you that right there is one of the hardest fights I've ever fought? Because I, I, I grew up fighting the flesh. I can do that. But to, to learn to walk in the Spirit. To learn to walk in the Spirit. Here's a, here's a great way to do that. Psalm 119, 105 says this. 119 is one of the greatest chapters in the entire Bible. If you ever get bored and you just go, I'm gonna, I need to read something that's going to lift me up and encourage me. Psalm 119 is for you. Verse 105 says this. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light on my path. God's word I want to tell you, it'll be the greatest asset for you understanding what's really going on in this world. Sometimes, a lot of times, I'll, I'll read God's Word just to be faithful, and I won't understand something. I'll just read through it and think, oh, that didn't mean anything, until I need it. And then for some reason, the Holy Spirit uses, I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but the Word of God is also referred to as the sword of the Spirit in God's armor. And so sometimes when you come up against something, all of a sudden you remember things. And I have the worst memory on the planet. Ask my wife. You remember things that you read in God's Word that you didn't understand at the time. But yet right now, God's illuminate, illuminating it to help you understand where you are. What's really going on in your life. How many remember the story of Elijah's servant in Second uh, Kings? Second Kings is one of those books too. Amazing book. Elijah and his servant are living in this little house. And this is one of those stories that just, like you turn the corner and this giant story is here. Elijah and his servants in this house, the, uh, the enemy's army gathers around them, sets up during the night. In the morning, the, the Elijah's servant opens the door and walks out, probably starts crying, freaks out. He goes back in and tells Elijah, Elijah, the bad guys are here, the whole army's here, they're going to kill us. You ever woke up one of those mornings? Yeah, you, you get what I'm saying? And... Elijah said, no, God's with us. We'll be fine. No, no, slick. Come on now. I know this whole religious thing, that's all encouraging that you have a lot of faith. But look, can you see? See this situation? There are thousands of armored vehicles. They have chariots and swords. They're going to kill us. This isn't even going to take long. They're probably like argue over who gets to kill us. Like, do you understand? Like, that's the kind of situation they were in. And you know what Elijah, Elijah said? Oh, you're right, man. Sorry, bro. We're dead. No, he didn't say that at all. He said, he closed his eyes, stopped. He said, God, would you show him, would you open his eyes, his spiritual eyes, and show him what's really going on? And he, God opened his spiritual eyes, and he saw the angels interlaced through all of the enemy's army. And Elijah looked at him and said, we're fine. We're going to be good. 
You understand there's two sides to every situation. There's what you see and then what's really going on. And we need the Spirit of God in our lives to walk with us and show us what's really going on in life so we don't waste our time fighting fleshy battles. Can I get an amen? God said, let's focus on living in the Spirit. Because living in the Spirit, I'll give you a sight. I'll let you see things. I'll let you understand situations that normally if you just focus on the flesh, you can't do that. But if we can get beyond that, can I tell you that when you get beyond the flesh, when you get in the spirit, God can do some supernatural healing there. Healing emotionally, intellectually, spiritually, physically. God can do some amazing putting you back together things when you say, Lord, I'm not going to get hung up on the flesh. I'm going to trust you in the spirit. Amen? The, the Greek word for Holy Spirit is parakletus. Parakletus. And the reason I tell you that is because... It translates to called to one side. Called to one's side. The Holy Spirit, like that translation in the Greek language to help them understand what Paul's writing here is that God has put the Holy Spirit by your side to walk with you, and to talk with you, and to help you see in this world what's really going on. I love it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. The second one is this. The Spirit gives me direction. It doesn't just give me sight, but it gives me direction also. Oh, it's one of my favorite. Did you know there's Holy Spirit verses in the Old Testament? Sometimes we just think that they're in the New Testament. But Isaiah has one of the greatest. In Isaiah 30, uh, chapter 30, verse 21, it says this. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear, hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. Your ears. He's not, he's not talking about these ears. You know that? It's the same eyes he's talking about in Elijah. Open, Lord, open his eyes. Well, his eyes were already open. He's saying, what he's saying is let him actually see what's going on in the Spirit. And he's saying the same thing here. Like, listen, it, when you're walking in the Spirit, when you're walking, your life is dedicated to Christ. He's saying, when you come into situations, I will show you. I'll, I'll say, hey, this door needs to close or this door needs to open. I'll say, go this direction or that direction. Now, you're not actually going to hear it in your ears, but that's why he's saying when you hear a voice behind you, when you hear that spirit in you saying, go this way or that way, then he says, then walk in that. Learn to walk in that. And I'll never forget one of the big ones in Jenny and I's life. Years ago when we were in Duncan, we had been there for six years. We'd built a big youth ministry. We had a, a youth center about this big. It was a big gymnasium and Ran lots of teenagers. Just It was very comfortable. It was great, uh, making great money, knew everybody in town, just owned the schools, all that. It was just great. And then God started putting on our heart to leave. It was time. Okay, we did our thing. It was time to move on. And one of the biggest churches in America called us and wanted to interview. And, you know, man, in your mind, you're just like, yeah, yeah, we're right for y'all. Do you know what we did here in Duncan? Uh-huh. Yeah, and you just get to feeling like... Yeah, we're ready for the big time. That's what it is. God saw us. I know. He's probably been talking about us in heaven. Am I the only one that thinks like that? Is it something I need to deal with, isn't it? I can tell. Y'all pray for me. And, and I remember going through the interview process, and everything was great, and we had to take some tests, and the tests were great. And I remember going and meeting like all the bosses, and we went to lunch with the bosses and, the, uh, you know, the people that started the church and that ran it and all that. And, man, everybody was great. The guy called us on our way home and said, hey, we're excited about you guys coming. All we need to do is just get the date and some paperwork, and we'll get this going. 
And I was like, this is going to, I'll work here for a few years, and then we'll springboard off and take over the world. You know, something like that. This will be awesome. And it wasn't, after we left that lunch, can I tell you, it wasn't five minutes, and we're driving down the highway, and we're both quiet. Nothing's, nothing's being said. You, you would think, you're going, man, you, did you hear what we're going to be able to do, the influence we're going to be able to have? Did you hear what they're going to pay us? Did you hear the things that are going on at this church? I mean, just amazing stuff. But can I tell you, even in the middle of all of that, thinking those things about how amazing this is, my goal and what, what you try to train yourself for. All right, Lord, all that fleshy stuff is exciting. It really is. I mean, how many have ever, your boss came in and said, hey, I want to give you a 20% raise. You go, mm, nobody, let me pray about that first. No, we don't, we don't do that. Like, that's good stuff, right? And it wasn't like, it wasn't like I was going to go open a restaurant or something like that and not moving me out of ministry. Like, this is all in ministry. I was thinking, oh, this, how could this be bad? There's something that wasn't setting right. But another five minutes goes by, and we're both just dead quiet, just driving on the highway. I said, what do you think about that situation? I, I don't know. What do you think about it? Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Golly, why do you think God would let us go through this process? Lord, could we get a, you know, a summary over that, please? Why, why do you go through that? And I remember calling them back and saying, man, I don't know what the deal is other than it's God. And him saying, not for you. And we end up turning them down. The guy was actually kind of hacked off at me, <laughs> like griping me out a little bit. And I'm like, hey, you know, I'm just, my goal is to follow God. And God, I really need you to show me this was you right now. And, but through that process, I never forget the next phone call was to my cousin who had helped me when I got saved, who had walked with me through a couple of years of college. He was at a church on the north side of Oklahoma City. And I remember saying, well, I'd been talking to him. He had been praying for us through this situation for months. We knew we were going to leave. And then the interview process with this other church. And I remember telling him, he was like, oh, how'd it go, man? I'm super excited to hear all about it. I said, oh, it's amazing. Everything you think it would be. It was awesome. You know, all this kind of stuff. And he goes, so when do you start? I said, I told him I wasn't interested. He said, what? Like, we've been talking about this for months. He said, that, and I said, I know. This is that stinking Galatians 5 stuff, you know. <laughs> this is that walking by the Spirit. And I believe that God's got something else for us. And he kind of joked and said, well, and they, they were in a brand new church. Ran 200 people or less, brand new plant, didn't even have youth ministry. Had like six homeschool kids that had no connection to high schools and junior highs, okay? That's super appealing to youth pastors. And I remember him joking and going, well, you could always come work for us, but we can't pay you. It'd be for free. And that second, I said, then we're, I need to talk to you about that. We're coming to your church. Like that fast. And I remember like it was yesterday, calling Jenny and she, her going, well, if that's the way you feel, I, I think that's awesome. Let's do that. Let's go. Do you realize how weird that is in the flesh? Like you have this setup. This is a setup over here. Best you can get. And you go, nah. Like you must be something wrong with you. Unless God is just testing your ears because he already had this setup, but you were distracted by this over here. Right? Like, this is what you live for. Not to turn down, you know, the setup, but to, but to hear God in the process. Oh, I would have loved it if God would have said, hey, this is as good as it gets. I've prepared this for you. Tell them 
Two weeks, you'll be there. That would have been great. I would have done that. But can, can you understand that the goal in our lives is to hear from God, right? The goal is to hear from God, not to go to the best place that you think. It's to hear from God. That's what God will give you direction. When you, when you walk down the road and you hear a voice going, hey, go this way. Talk to this person. Help these people. Close that door. Start this relationship. Whatever that would be. That is the Holy Spirit in you. Walk in that way. That's what it says. And the last one is this. Number three, staying in step with the Spirit requires me to follow. It requires me to follow. James, the book of James. The book of James is a really small book in the Bible. It's not in Galatians, past Galatians. This is the last book admitted to the canonized Bible for a bunch of reasons, but one, one of those reasons was that Jesus didn't even become a Christian, a follower of Christ, till after his resurrection. He needed some proof, I guess. It was his, his half-brother, so I can't blame him. He needed some of that, but then he became so radical that his letter, the letter of James, was so in your face and so upfront that the church thought it would be harsh. It's too much. And it was the last book that God led him to, to canonize. And in the very first chapter, he says this, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself, but do what it says. Don't just listen in church, right? Don't just, don't just hear the Bible talked about, but go live it. Don't, don't just look and when God shows you not just the flesh, but what's really going on, don't just go, okay, that's cool and admire it. Go act on it. Amen? When God shows you, gives you direction in life, says go to the right or to the left or this way or that way, hey, the way to test that is you go step in that and walk that way. Amen? Church, can we be, can we make a commitment today and be a, a church of action, a people of action? That don't just hear, but we actually do what it says. God wants to do things in your life. God wants to do miraculous things that you can share with people today or years from now, but that will encourage you now. He wants to do miraculous things in each of our lives. And you know how he does that? He gives you sight to see what's really going on. He then gives you direction on how to do it. And then he opens the door for you to follow it. That's how it happens. And after doing that over and over and over, we get better at it and better at it and better at it to the point when you think, I'm living in the Spirit. The flesh tries to attack me, tries to persuade me, but guess what? I'm living in the Spirit. My goal in life is to walk according to His will and His ways. Let's pray. Let's pray right now and ask God to help us to not just be hearers of the Word, but to be doers of the Word also. Amen? You with me on that? Let's do that. Lord, we are so thankful for your word. We're so thankful that your spirit and your word together, they are a, a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. They are the voice behind us telling us which way to go, right or left, or to stop or to turn around. And Lord, they are the power that helps us to walk in it. Today, Lord, we pray that you would help us to not merely listen to the word and deceive ourselves by thinking that we're getting better by hearing it. But Lord, help us to walk in it. Help us to hear your spirit and to walk in it. Help us to say yes to what you want to do in our lives. When you give us sight, to say yes and understand that. When you give us direction, to say yes and walk in that. And Lord, help us to be people of action. 
I pray for every person in this room right here, Lord, that this week that you'd help us to hear your spirit, that you'd help us to, your spirit to help us to see, and Lord, that you would empower us to act on it, to walk in it, to live and keep in step with your spirit. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for loving us. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. 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 How many are going to walk in it? You're going to walk in it? Let's don't just listen. Let's walk in it. And matter of fact, we're going to do something now that we talked about the last week. We announced this, and we're going to do that this week. Because we have a couple right here in our church that's done this exact same thing. They have listened to God's Spirit, changed some direction in their life. And if you, if you don't know, if you weren't here last week, that Kyle and Libby approached us a few months ago, said some things were changing in their life, their direction for worship was changing, that they felt a different call. And uh, more for technology and production side of ministry, that's Kyle.